0: Hello everyone, and welcome to my initial podcast. I'm calling Healing Your Own Pain Through the Magic of Myofascial Release. My name is Greg, and I'm Principal Therapist with Glen Allen Myofascial Release Therapy, a virtual self-treatment program for the elimination of pain. So I have a question for you. Are you struggling with, or have you struggled with persistent long-term pain? maybe in your back or neck or head, maybe your hips or knees, and you have this pain to the point where you're considering surgery to relieve it. Maybe you've even had surgery, and you've seen a variety of health professionals, doctors, chiropractors, massage therapists, acupuncturists. You've taken over-the-counter or prescribed meds, and although they have given some relief, still the pain persists. You know, the CDC estimates that fully 20 percent or 50 million American adults suffer from long-term chronic pain and that number is rising annually. And you know that seems surprising to me when you consider all these modern modalities that the problem of chronic pain has not been solved by these treatments. Well, it could be that they're mistaking what pain really is. If you see pain as the bad guy, the problem to be eliminated, then you won't look past it or beneath it for the true cause. In myofascial release we learned that where you experience pain in your body is merely a symptom and is almost never where the pain originated. So what if I told you, the power to relieve your pain is in your own hands? That without leaving home or taking drugs, you can begin to relieve your long-term pain. So how do I know this? Well, I, like many of you, suffered from chronic pain for years. And I guess the turning point came for me when all my symptoms seemed to collide at once. I was struck with a serious chest and back pain. I had a stroke level blood pressure, an arrhythmia, and a panic attack. And I was rushed to the ER for the third or fourth time. And once I was stabilized, I looked over at the corner and I saw the doctors virtually scratching their heads. And I thought, they really don't know what more to do for me. Because I had taken every iteration of blood pressure meds for over 30 years, and I was then maxed out on a dosage of five meds twice a day. So that day I had taken 10 pills and yet was rushed to the ER with a blood pressure reading of 250 over 150. I realized that I'd come to the end of what they could do for me. And I also realized it was time for me to take responsibility for my own health. And that's the day I started to get better. The first thing I did was learn more about my food intake and what that was doing to my health. Something my doctor had given me little or no direction on. How did I do that? Well, I changed my relationship with food. Not by dieting, but by honestly feeling how my body was reacting to certain foods. This at the time was a radical shift in my diet and had a profound impact on my health for the better. The second thing I did was commit myself to more intense myofascial release therapy as well as increase my self-practice. So why myofascial release, or MFR, as opposed to all the other treatments out there? What's different about MFR? Well, the short answer is MFR provided the deepest non-drug impact in lowering my blood pressure than all the other therapies that I had tried. So what about MFR? What is fascia? Why does it need releasing? And how's that going to help me? Well, first of all, fascia is literally a web inside the body, a tissue that connects the entire interior of our bodies, without which our organs would virtually fall to our feet. It surrounds every organ, every muscle, bone, and blood vessel, and is infused through all tissue down to the cellular level. In its healthy state, it's pliable, elastic, and fluid, and allows for all the body's various movements while holding the integrity of the body together. Over time, and for three main reasons, the fascia begins to lose its elasticity, it becomes dry, and begins to harden exerting a pressure on the body's tissue up to as much as 2,000 pounds per square inch. Imagine what that kind of pressure can do to your organs, bones, and circulatory system. This pressure, we call restrictions, begins to show up in the body disguised as symptoms such as arthritis, hypertension, joint pain, scoliosis, sciatica, fibromyalgia, and a host of other symptoms with the accompanying limitation in our body's movement. You may experience it as an especially tender or tight spot, or it can be completely numb or hard. So how do these things happen, and what can I do about them? Well, the first cause, I would say, comes from unconscious bracing. Whenever we experience physical or emotional stress, it starts in the body as muscle tightening. Now, this is really normal, and it's part of our limbic brain response since our prehistory, when we were running from saber-toothed tigers. Our body secreted a cortisol and adrenaline to tighten our muscles so that we could run to safety. Well, we may no longer be running from saber-toothed tigers, but our response to stress is the same. Hormones are secreted and we tighten up or tighten down. And in my practice, I see clients with chronically hunched or rounded shoulders, tightened chest, neck, or a clenched gut, middle, and that was my preferred response to stress. I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it until my MFR therapist, by touching it and bringing my attention to it, helped me realize what I was doing, this clenching 24 seven, creating a kind of internal tourniquet that cut off blood flow. So no wonder my legs were always going numb when I walked or ran. And the blood was being pumped virtually from my waist to my head, ergo the high blood pressure. Once I began using self-releasing techniques, I could lower my blood pressure on my own to normal in less than 20 minutes. I've since discovered other chronic restrictions and through self-treatment have now eliminated all meds that I thought I would have to take for the rest of my life. The second cause of restriction is through injury or surgery. If you, for example, break or sprain a leg, have knee or hip surgery, what happens at the point of injury? Well first that area swells up. That's body response like pain, and that is not a mistake to be corrected. It's the body's intelligent response to injury. The swelling is simply layered up fascia, a kind of internal cast to protect the injury and allow it to heal. And so what are you doing while that's healing? Well, if you still want to get around, you might have a cast or boot or use crutches, and you begin to favor the healthy leg to do the work of the injured leg, in short, You begin to overuse certain muscles and underuse others in a pattern we call compensation. Your body, being the good soldier it is, will allow you to recruit nearby muscles to allow you to get around. And let's say it takes a couple of months for your injury to heal. There is a cost to this behavior because overstressing muscles causes a tightening down in that healthy leg. It becomes tight, painful, restricted. And even though your injury may be completely healed, the body does not automatically shift back to the old walking pattern without your first becoming aware of it and then addressing this new restriction. Also, more than likely, you will experience a hip imbalance or hip rotation. And this can cause one leg to feel longer than the other so that with each step you take, one foot is coming down with a harder force than the other, which is essentially a mini trauma that telescopes up the legs, jamming the hip, uh, causing a spinal shift. They could put stress on your spinal nerves and send a message up the back to the neck and to the head. I had a client who had this condition, and a few months after knee surgery he developed migraine headaches for the first time in his life. He saw a doctor who prescribed meds for his pain, and he followed that with some uh, cranial sacral therapy. And both of these helped, and he felt good for a while. The problem was, he was being treated for a symptom treatments without cure that would have to continue indefinitely. No one had bothered to dial the clock back to that original knee surgery hip imbalance. Once we corrected his hip imbalance, his migraines began to go away. Of course, our conditions can return because they take time to heal. We've spent years grooving a pattern of behavior that caused these conditions, so it takes commitment to retrain ourselves for a healthier outcome. In MFR, we say healing is not an event, a one-time miracle or pill. It's a process. This is just one of hundreds of ways our body gives us messages to stop, listen, and to feel to find the origin. So the third common form of restriction is an imbalance that comes from improper, improper standing, walking, or sitting posture, as well as performing daily repetitive tasks. We all have those, myself included. I notice almost no one has perfect balanced posture. You know, the kind that you see in anatomical drawings, and that's why they're drawings. No one looks like that. We've all made unconscious adjustments to correct for our forward head or rounded shoulders or rotated hips. Millions of people are hunched over keyboards with their heads leaning to screens, causing severe neck and back stress. I've seen many clients for neck, back, carpal tunnel issues whose work or even relaxation time comes from over stressing these areas of the body. I've driven past school bus stops where a dozen kids stand with their chins dropped to their chest, glued to their phones. And I think, oh boy, there's some future clients with serious neck, head, and shoulder issues. And I know, I've had the same. We don't notice what we're doing until the body sounds the alarm through pain. Only then do some of us listen. And when the pain comes, our first instinct is to turn the other way, to run. And I, like most people, would look at my medicine cabinet. Gee, what have I got to get rid of this? I wasn't interested in listening. I treated pain like a guy whose smoke alarm is going off in the middle of the night, and he's so upset, he grabs a stepladder, gets up and yanks the battery out of the alarm and says, whew, wow, that's better. I solved that problem and goes back to bed, not thinking that his house could still be on fire, but now he can't hear it and he can't see it, and he's actually in more danger When we treat pain as the intruder, rather than the messenger, then we can't hear her crying out because we've just chloroformed her with drugs or meds or alcohol and the hundred other ways that we run from feeling what's there. It begins with a change in attitude. In MFR, we do the counterintuitive thing We turn around and we walk towards the pain and ask, what is it you want me to hear? What is it you want me to feel? When we finally begin to relax into the discomfort, our bodies do respond. And if we could hear it speak, what we might hear is, ah, she's here, she's feeling. I no longer have to tighten down to hold this part together because she's back. She's getting the message. I can now let go. Often, underneath physical restriction, there's some old emotional feeling, the thing that the body had been protecting because we weren't willing or ready yet to feel it. When we are ready, then a genuine healing can take place. And you won't need any tests to know you're doing better because now you will feel the truth in your body. And no practitioner or no test can feel what you feel or know what you know. So the last leg of healing is to retrain the old pattern. And we do that through specific, targeted, simple rehab exercise. I've had a good example of that in my life this year. Some months ago, my old symptoms returned of low back pain and legs beginning to go numb as I was walking. I could barely walk a block around my house. Yet by using virtual therapy sessions with my therapist, She was able to assess my standing and walking posture and suggested a few simple self-releases that we do with the standard 4-inch mini basketball, our basic MFR tool. And, more importantly, a few simple targeted rehab exercises to use the correct muscles and eliminate the unconscious compensation patterns that I was doing while walking. After a few days of practicing this, I decided to take it on the road and begin walking. First, a couple blocks, then four, then five. And now, eight months later, I'm walking 50 minutes to an hour a day, pain-free. And I've done this without any medications and without leaving my home. One of the things I've learned as a result of the pandemic is to listen, to treat it as another symptom. And one thing it's asking us to do is stay inside our homes. Another is to stay inside our bodies. As I've done this, I found a power coming back to me. The power that i would given away to many health professionals over the years is coming back. So here I am, nine months into a pandemic. I'm on no meds. I've seen no one in person, and yet I'm getting better. So are my clients, and so can you. If this appeals to you, whether you're cautious about seeing anyone now or just intrigued about learning how to take charge of your healing today, not a week or two weeks from now when you can see someone, I want you to know that there is an answer. If you're interested, please visit my website or email me for more information, or if you want my help with your healing. Thanks for listening, everyone. I wish you well on your healing journey.